0: Hello and welcome to Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I'm your host, Catherine McPhail. I'm an architect practicing in eastern Massachusetts. I specialize in home renovations and additions. And I've created this podcast as part of my mission to help homeowners understand the home renovation process. So this podcast is meant to be a library of information for people who are trying to learn as much as they can about home renovations before they start. So... All of my, I'm going to say all of my projects involve a contractor, someone that the client has hired to execute the project that I've designed. So sometimes people have difficulty finding contractors to, who want, are interested in their project or the prices are <clears throat> not very precise and all over the place. Or, you know, we, I, I figure if we get to know contractors a little bit better and find out what they're looking for and, and just talk to them then maybe that'll help people figure out how to choose a contractor and also just get an idea of what what this is their work you know so what is what are they thinking when you're meeting with them so i asked my friend alan who is a contractor i work with a lot here in massachusetts um if he would share his ideas about what a contractor would like you to know so this is the first in the series of those episodes and here's my conversation with alan if you were a homeowner who was starting a really large project,
1: what would you do? Um, I think the first thing I would identify is um, what the scope of the project and everything I'm looking at, and what size I need, you know, like what I need to do with the house, and then start to understand if it's even feasible or makes sense. Uh, to do that to the home or the area I live in. Do you mean um, whether it could
0: support the additional investment you'd be making yeah. in the house?
1: Yeah, I guess I, guess then I would be thinking it that and simultaneously thinking about, well, for remodeling, I would never do significant remodeling if I wasn't in love with the location. Okay. Um, because it's just such a uh you know it's it's, it's it's such a more involved process than new construction and uh, it, it's usually more expensive so it's obviously a great tool to make um, a home that you love and a neighborhood in the area that you love um, what you want because uh, obviously if you're in a small, Uh, If you have a small section of where you want to live, there may not be anything available that will fit your needs. So you're you're ultimately got to stay where you're at. But I think a lot of times people tend to just think, oh, you know, I'll just add on and it'll get me some more space. And I, you know, if I, you know, move, I move, you know, which is fine, I guess, if you're prepared to potentially take a loss on the investment you put into your house, or that mm. initial yeah. investment.
0: Okay, so they should check with a real estate agent or something at that point. You think to to figure that out?
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in what works best, which works best for us, our best clients tend to be when they call me first, um, because ultimately, I think you know, first of all, the builder's budget. Number is going to be the biggest number out of everything they spe- spend, at least in the market we're at. And, um, you know, I try to point them and guide them in the right direction, you know, in that initial meeting. So, you know, this process is going to take a long time no matter what. I just try to give them, point them in the right direction so they're focused in and wasting the least amount of time on that process, you know, to go to a designer and develop a a set of plans and get even through a concept phase and then start pricing it out and not have talked to some builders or someone that knows the budget. I would also, like you said earlier, talk to a realtor. I think that's a great first step. Um, Talk to a bank, how you're gonna finance it, everything else, because I'd say 50% of my clients are financing the projects not Mm. just paying cash. Right. Honestly, even if you are paying cash, talking to a bank and a construction loan is just another great check-in because banks are never going to, you know, if you have these grand plans in mind, banks are like the most conservative person you can talk to. So they're going to like tell you right off the bat. Yeah. Like we don't believe in this project that it's going to have the end value you think it's going to have. So that's, great first start because you know uh they're going to give you their conservative opinion right up front right and do their homework
0: that's a good point i haven't heard i haven't thought of that before actually because um, banks banks generally never agree with what i want to do so
1: yeah, yeah i mean they're always banks are conservative that's why we put our, our monies in banks usually True. um so all this being said, I mean, I'm all for people blowing the budget and spending a ton of money and doing some cool stuff, <laughs> but, you know, at least have a baseline and in, in, in an informed, like, uh, baseline to make these decisions. So, um, you know, if there's some delta, because everyone says, oh, am I going to get the money back? Is it going to be, a, you know, what's the resale going to be? That tends to happen on every meeting. Right. Um. You know, you're remodeling for your home and to be there for, you know, 20, 30 years, you're not really doing the decisions you're making are not resale decisions. Um, right. They're like long term investment, family, you know, the comfortability of living there, what you want. There's a bunch of different factors. So it's more about, I think, being. Being comfortable with maybe whatever that delta is from the resale value to maybe what you're overspending or risking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's thirty thousand, if it's a hundred thousand, if it's three hundred thousand, whatever the number is, the client being okay with that number. Right. And then I feel like then it's a project that is worth doing. Right. So
0: well, as an architect, how can I help them if they don't go to a contractor first? Should I, if they come to me, should I, should I hire a um, like an estimator? Should I, I? I don't like to ask contractors for detailed bids. I really hate that anyway. But just because well, I know it takes well, time and
1: it's a, it's a definitely a um, it's definitely a like gray area, and it gets everyone in a little bit of trouble. I tend to just shoot from the hip, which isn't always the best because, you know, I can scare people off and I could be a little wrong or whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, I have a pretty good instinct of what the costs are. So, like, if you had a project and someone was asking all these questions that they typically ask me, mm-hmm. and you wanted to shoot me a call, I can give a, a 10 minute conversation. To say, hey, we're doing this, this, and this. They're in this type of vein, you know, vein of spending and and quality of product. And then, yeah, I, you know, it's gonna. I usually I I started to use the word minimum. It's gonna be a minimum of this. Yeah. Uh, you know, like for a bathroom remodel for us, I know because we've done so many, and now I'm so dialed into the price. You know, last year I was saying a minimum of thirty thousand. Like mm-hmm. I have consistently. I'm on my fifth or sixth bathroom this year. We haven't gone under thirty-five
0: k. Most just a, of them
1: are higher. This is just a regular bathroom,
0: or is it a master bathroom? Yeah, or like
1: you no, know, just gutting a kid's bath and putting it back together with like a good, decent Kohler package is like thirty-five wow. thousand.
0: Well, yeah, you know, even to me um, that seems like it seems like a lot. And when so when people say to me, "Wow, that seems like a lot," I, I yeah, it seems like a lot, but it, it all adds up. So. Yeah, we
1: break it all out and everything. It's just you know, this. Uh, it's it's just a, you're stuffing almost every subcontractor it takes to build a house into an eight by eight room, and um, and usually there's you know, and everyone's got a different. And again, this is where it's hard to rate apples to apples because everyone's got a different touch point on quality and what they expect and. Right. You know, right, right. Uh, no, wing, I know. I'm not trying
0: to say you're yeah. expensive. I'm just saying that no. just con- construction so just- and renovation is expensive. It just is expensive. So, but the internet, yeah. here's the problem is that the internet, if you Google, how much is a bathroom renovation? If people Google it, you, they'll tell you 7,000, 11,000, yeah. the internet's just wrong. I mean, we're in the Northeast, so maybe it's more here, but yep. I, I don't know. The internet.
1: Well, so I, and just a we're maybe getting a little off topic, but like, I can tell you that I compete with a certain person. We get, you know, a lot on bathrooms and I've had two that I came in at 50 and he's been at 20, like mid twenties. And, you know, both bathrooms I've actually was awarded the jobs because I kind of pushed and asked, you know, to review like this, not review the bid, but like review. They, they kind of have his bid. I have mine and we just talk it through. And, you know, it's all the, the the proposals of where these things are won and lost for, for clients is, you know, there's so many things excluded. There weren't the proper allowances. So you can just make anything look, look more appetizing than it actually is. And then once you start construction, it's pretty difficult to fire guys, you know, fire a contractor. Mm, I mean, it is. It, it is difficult. Like you can throw someone off your job, but if you're in the middle of a bathroom and you don't have a bathroom mm-hmm. and you don't like your contractor or whatever, well, call an MBA up to come, come jump right in. is not going to, or anyone that's any good. It So that's where I think sometimes contractors tend to get a little bit of a bad rap or can get a bad rap is because, know you can massage language to potentially sit there and change order someone the entire process
0: yeah that's true and they might not know that the allowances aren't realistic and that sort of thing
1: yeah honestly I feel for any person doing this um doing projects or you know trying to pick an architect pick a uh pick a contractor like it. It's, it is it is very very hard because there's no standardized way of pricing really there's no standardized way of standardized way of actually building there are i know you know i have a lot of friends that are contractors we all have different approaches we all do different things we all are tuned into different uh aspects of the home that we think are important to us um And like, for someone who doesn't know anything about this industry, you're kind of just like, well, who do I believe? And what's the right way? And you can do all the research, research in the world. It's just, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to, to understand and dial in. That's why, first and foremost, you just need to gather information in the beginning, kind of get your bearings and your, your, you know, as best you can of like, what, The process is like talk to multiple people and then at the end of the day you just have to pick people you trust because you know if you value your value your time you're never going to be an expert and that's why you're hiring you know me or you or whoever it is
0: that's true that's a good point because there's a it takes time it does take time to figure out what's happening and i i do have clients who really get concerned about doors for example and they're like the exact everything about the door and they don't need to know everything about the yep. door they need to trust me and the contractor yep. to choose the right door whether they need a thermal whatever whatever Like they don't have to learn everything there's to know about every component that's going into the house it causes a lot of stress it, for i know
1: and, it, and honestly i think that's just huge so, like i'm someone who just puts trust into you know you're, I'm just like at the end of the day, like I go buy a truck. Like all I know is I like the way a truck looks. That's about how that's a, about is all I got for. Uh, that's all I have when I'm choosing a truck. Yeah. Me I too. Mean, yeah. I can research I can research it, all this stuff, but I'm like, yeah, I happen to drive a Dodge Ram. I like the way Dodge looks. That's how I identified that truck. <laughs> I can sit and pour through comparisons and everything else. And, Spend a ton of time, go to a ton of dealerships, educate myself on the whole thing. But at the end of the day, you know, I talked to the guy at the Dodge dealership. We had a conversation, liked the way the truck looked, had a good feeling, bought the truck. Um, right. it, it, it isn't exactly apples to apples what I'm describing. But like, I think my person, I, all I do is live, eat, you know, live, whatever live, sleep, breathe construction. Like, I love it, you know? Um, every house I'm in, I look at everything. That's all I do. That's why you, you're hiring. You me. judge them.
0: You mean like when you go to your friend's house and you see what they did to their houses? You're. <laughs> I, you're
1: I, I guess maybe I'm a little judgey sometimes, but <laughs> <at the end laughs> hey, well, of the I day, am. I am. Um, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I'm. I every construction site I drive by, yeah, is it? Yeah, is there a component of oh, what are they doing this, and that? But I, I am like, I soak up information when it comes to construction it's just something i'm into and passionate about so like for me to learn it just happens naturally now you asked me to like learn about economics or investing like i think investing is kind of interesting trading stocks but Mm -hmm. like i I don't even understand how e-trade works like and you know i think that's a pretty simple thing probably for most people but like i don't do it my you know, my money goes to a financial advisor, and right. I hope to go. I mean, I, I <laughs> you hope to go then. I, that. That guy, I
0: yeah,
1: know I, I'm being a little sarcastic, but how I found that guy is actually a perfect example. How I found that guy, I worked with him, you know, for a little while in his house. We built a friendship. He showed me some stuff. It, you know, like I had I, a couple of other people knew him, told their money was with him. So it's like, that's when you're dealing with large investments. Mm-hmm. I'm always shell shocked Like how people are just so ready to give, like, oh, I want to get going right away.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: and um, there's definitely some amount of effort you got to put in. And because no one really is looking out, like, you have to look out for yourself when you're doing this. You can't just go and be like, you know, whether it's taking the cheapest price or even. Just going to a guy who doesn't, who's ready to build whatever you hand them. I mean, I get plans all the time and I just like, no, not going to do this. Like, doesn't make sense. You know, I Hmm. feel, I would feel like I'm taking advantage of you by not at least giving you some of my experiences from before that maybe we can learn from before we start putting the shovel in the ground or ripping the house apart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so
0: I do find that sometimes contractors do go ahead and build whatever they feel like building instead of what I drew.
1: Well, I think some uh, – yeah, that's not good. I think that's why, <laughs> like, you know, you and I working – like, I enjoy working with you because it's a it's a nice collaboration. Yeah, um,
0: I appreciate collaborating, and that's why I always want to actually work with a contractor who's going to be working on whatever the project is, even if it's just to get his input on – what we're designing. So to me, that works out much better than just handing it off to someone I've never even really met.
1: Yeah. And you know, that's big for me. Like I'm, and that's what I preach to like, when I go to these meetings is, you know, this is not what I have done over the years is have cultivated a ton of relationships and have, some have been bad that I don't use anymore. You know, some have been great that I've been trying, that I try to, you know, manage and, keep and Like, I'm bringing my entire, when you hire me, I'm bringing that entire network with me. I think a lot of people feel like guarded and they think, oh, Alan or whoever the contractor is is trying to get a bigger job. Mm -hmm. I, at the end of the day, don't, I mean, we do projects that are $2,000 and we do projects that are over a million dollars. I don't really care at the end of the day, what we're doing, you know, Um, Mm. it's, does it, does it make sense? to phase something when you can maybe push your budget and get it over and done with no, you know, frustration levels over and done with. And you're, it's going to be cheaper to do it all at once than it is to come back, rip stuff apart. Now, re, you know, do some rework and get back onto, you know, the same footing. Then you're going to, then in phase one, you've got to remember to, plan and do everything for phase two or get it ready you know half half the time you're going to miss something it's just the nature of construction you know it's a bunch of human beings all working together and you know human beings are, are make mistakes so um the more you can hedge against not ripping things apart twice the, the yeah. better
0: you're right now oh, that makes sense anything else? Anybody should know that you would wish people knew before you go to their house to talk to them for the first time?
1: Um, well, anyone that listening, is listening to this now, I can tell you what I tell everyone. Remodeling is... I usually use different words, but I'll be a little more tame on this. It's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fun. The process uh, is... Disruptive and changes your life. At the end of it, you can have an unbelievable product and you can enjoy whatever we've done for a long, long time. But um, you know, when I first started, I tried to sugarcoat it a little bit to be completely honest. You know, I, I didn't want to like get people upset and freak them out. And now I'm just like, you know, we do as much as we can to make it as painless as possible, but That all costs money. So if you want to feel no impact to the job, that's going to cost a lot of money. You know, we have to set up barriers and temp kitchens and all this stuff. So there's always a balancing act with that. So that's another thing to think about. You know, if you're going to do a half a million dollar renovation, most likely that's going to be at least six months. Um, A lot of times it's, you're not able to live in the house um, while it's happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe for portions of it, a lot of times people try to live there. I've gotten pretty rigid now. Um, I actually didn't even bid a job a year ago or, and they just started a good size project in Redding, but they wanted to stay there. little ranch. They're going to go up, go out the side, go up the back. And they're like, well, we're not touching really the ranch, like where we're living. I was just like, no, you no, know, just no. Th- I know what that's going to be like. And it's not, it's just not a real, real, it, it can't be done in a manner of, qual- you know, that'll be quality, um, with people living there.
0: Yeah.
1: It's going to be too difficult.
0: Well, I talked to, um, someone a few, a few months back about, about that, about living in the house. It was about the toxicity of the process, you know, about, um, lead and asbestos and mold and all that. Yep. So yep. yeah, he said definitely better just to, it's healthier to move out.
1: So yeah, I, mean, I, know, I know a lot of people I, think I they agree. can't
0: afford that on top of everything else, but I think people should budget for that. Even, you know, even it's going to be another 2,500 a month for rent, which it is around here.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think, and, and you know, that is also... Again, that's why I talk about the moving aspect of it because if you do not really love where you're at and it's not what you want exactly, and you're trying to force a round peg into a square hole, or a square peg into a round hole, um, it it's it just doesn't. It, to me, it just doesn't seem worth doing. Um, but again, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's different, uh, so right, teach your own. But we have a process that, in over the years of doing it. And the things I keep, you know, things that I kept seeing happen over and over that always caused us problems as a contractor. You know, if people aren't willing to work with us on that end, then I'm just we will just end up going our separate ways. And I think that's actually the best piece of advice I could give is you're you do not want to be stuck working with someone that doesn't enjoy working with you and you don't enjoy working with them because we're going to have like a little bit of a short-term marriage while I'm working. That's, you know, there's a lot of communication back and forth. There's a lot of answers that I need from them and a lot of quest, you know, answers I need to give them. And a lot of money. Not, yeah. There's a lot of money, you know, and if you're not, if you do not have a com- comfortability level or you have a little bit of a bad vibe, don't do it. Um, and I, I really think we probably average close to one project a year that we jump in on. Whether either we're finishing it up because they fired their contractor, or you know they didn't do this last phase, or, or there was just some, or they well, there had some experience that was miserable or whatever else. And who knows if it was the con- you know I don't even know if it necessarily is the contractor or the person, but usually. It's because expectations and like what they, their agreement wasn't clear.
0: Yeah.
1: And, the, the, you know, and it, it works both ways. The client has to be, you know, explain what they want and we have to explain, you know, and the contractor needs to explain what they're going to get and what they need. Right. And, um, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm making this out like it's like this perfect thing and it, it, it isn't, but the more, that you can capture before the job starts with the design being right, the scope, the expectations, all those things, the budget, the money, the better the process goes. Right. The building process. It's like sometimes it's hard to believe what things cost. It I is. Mean, well, you and I were just talking about yeah. the lumber. Yeah, it yeah, the lumber going up. You know, for you and I, it's easier. It, it's like... Like buying a vehicle, I to go back to that. I saw what the, I just bought a truck. I was like, wow, this went so much more money than I thought it was from like four years ago. Yeah, I don't know the industry, so I have no baseline to go off of. I see the prices go up every day with the stock I buy, the subcontractors. So like, I'm obviously in it and see it, and it's like less of a surprise. And I talk about the budget like it's. Second nature, so sometimes I might sound crazy to people, um, but you know for someone who's never done it before, when they hear a kitchen full gut kitchen is usually a hundred thousand dollars and up, oh you know some people that's like a you know gut punch
0: yeah they don't um, believe it
1: they don't believe it they don't um, and that's why we try to break out as much as we can the pricing. I think that's another sign. Um, if you're just getting a lump sum number at the end that always makes me nervous they don't have to break it out the way i break it out and you know there are guys that are probably more detailed than i am but i feel like you should get some level of breakout for your construction project. you know for once they start to get to a significant number you know a ten thousand dollar project might not have too much of a breakout but you know, when you get a, even a kitchen, a $100,000 kitchen should have, yeah, should be a page long at least with some pretty clear, you know, benchmark in the price.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, 100000 is a lot. Kind of want to know where that's yeah. all going. So that makes sense to me.
1: I was just going to ask you, what do you see for um, some things that where clients maybe are missing the mark on design or not asking the right questions?
0: Well, I mean, kind of like what you're talking about, not giving enough time to really think things through, you know, so wanting to apply for a permit in two weeks, which I actually just took a job like that, but that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea just to apply for the permit and um, think you're going to figure it out along the way because I hope they don't listen to this podcast, but I don't think it's such a great idea to do that that way. Um, it just creates some, a huge amount of stress, and I think that if you think everything through ahead of time and and give yourself time to think it over and what you really want, then that's much
1: better. You got to get a good designer. Um, you got to get someone that's like thinking of the whole package and noting the plans the right way. You know, you don't need that. Doesn't mean you have to go out and spend a tremendous amount of money, but like you have to put a good chunk. Of time and effort and money into developing a good set of plans and then it makes the uh, builder comparison much much better and more so than that it's you're eliminating extras or talking about add-ons in the design phase which is a lot cheaper than when you start talking to me about it in the building phase true yeah a handful of decent-sized extras in the middle of a project, the premium that someone's going to char- uh, pay for those would probably be worth the you know, added expense of hiring a designer that is taking you step-by-step step through the process and giving a good set of plans.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there are also contract documents, so nobody has to make any assumptions either way. Because yeah, yep. right, right there—that's what you're getting. Yep. You no,
1: know? absolutely. Well,
0: I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate you talking to me today. Thanks, Alan.
1: All right, thank you, Catherine.
0: Well, thanks for listening, and thanks again to Alan for taking the time to talk to me about what a contractor would like you to know. It's just building a relationship, really, with contractors and um, just finding somebody you want to be in a relationship with, essentially, and then kind of listening to their advice and learning from them. So as always, this podcast is a production of my architecture firm, Demios Architects. And you can learn more about um, the various downloads I have, the blog posts, the videos, other things on my website at DemiosArchitects.com. And I am launching a new um, Ask an Architect design helpline. So that would be just for a one-off, you know, an hour of architectural advice. And that could be very useful for, uh, for people who already who doing their own design or have questions about how to hire an architect or a contractor, how to get ready for their project, any of these applications uh, for people all over. So I hope that some of you will check that out. Again, that's askanarchitect.live. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.